Welcome to Inspiring Women with Lori McGraw. I am your host, Lori McGraw. I have spent the past 30 years in leadership, and over the years, I've come to learn one thing. Women need women, and not just any women, but inspiring women. Tune in every week to hear from women at the pinnacle of their careers and from others who are just starting out. Episodes can be found at inspiringwomen.show or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Thanks for listening, and I hope you will be inspired. Today on Inspiring Women, we are talking with Meg Barron, who is the Vice President of Digital Health Innovations at the American Medical Association. And Meg has responsibility for driving a roadmap of initiatives um, in the area of innovation and digital health that support America's physicians. She works with physicians, she works with technology leaders, um, and she works with solution innovators across the healthcare spectrum. She's launched a number of important initiatives um, for the nation during her tenure um, at the AMA, things like the AMA's Healthier Nation Innovation Challenge. She's established the AMA Interaction Studio at Matter, um, the AMA Physician Innovation Network. And Meg is a sought-after speaker. She speaks at a lot of the big tech conferences. She um, publishes her work in important uh, forums like Health Affairs or Harvard Business Review, Nature Digital Medicine. She's on the advisory board of a number of health tech challenges. And she's also on the editorial board of um, an important uh, digital magazine. Meg, we're really excited to be talking to you this morning. Thanks, Lori. I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, great. Well, Meg, here on Inspiring Women, what we like to talk about is we'd like to talk to inspiring women like you. You know, you are accomplished. You are doing things in a tech space, which is really dominated by men, and you're making a difference there. So let's start. I gave a bit of your bio, but why don't you tell us what you're doing right now? What are you working on these days? Well, first, Thank you. I'm flattered to uh, be included in this group and in the podcast itself. As you said, I, I serve as vice president for digital health strategy at the American Medical Association. And really at the highest level, what we're focused on is improving the quality of digital health technologies. And that means a lot of things to a lot of different people. And it's a pretty wide umbrella and also working to advance the adoption and optimization of evidence-based technologies, such as telehealth, remote patient monitoring, um, all with the end goal of better outcomes, right? And helping to really reduce burdens um, between the physician and patient relationship. So you've been at the AMA how long, Meg? How long have you been working in this area? It's been almost 12 years at the AMA, which is just seems wild to think about, but it's, Stunning. it's been in, yeah, it's been in about four to five different roles. So it's been um, a really interesting journey and almost a management program of sorts. If you, if I think back on it, but there's just been a lot of uh, steps along the way in the journey, which has uh, gotten me to this place. Well, let's talk about that a little bit more. You know, from what you're doing right now, you've got your hands on a lot of innovative areas and you get to work with innovators across, you know, a pretty broad space, digital health, medicine. And so what you're doing right now, is this what you dreamed about? Is this where you wanted to be? How, how did you get here? Yeah, great question. So I'd say to first take a step back, my parents were both entrepreneurs or had small businesses, I should say. 
And I think that's really been embedded in my DNA since, you know, a child. And really most of my family have their own small businesses. So I've seen the pros and cons that come with that and the trade-offs and balances that also come along with that. I was actually really one of the first in my family to go work for an organization right out of college instead of starting a business myself. But with that, I think really has come um, a sense of entrepreneurship in all of the work that I do. I started my career at Smith Buckland Corporation, which is the world's largest association management company, working for business and healthcare clients. And really, they're set up more as an agency. And I had you know, various different clients and was juggling tasks and got a decent amount of responsibility at a pretty young age and had the ability to to move up a few times while I was there, two or three times, and then went to Capgemini, um, a global consulting firm, working on consumer product goods and marketing and strategy for Capgemini. And then, yeah, came to AMA about 12 years ago and was in more of a marketing segmentation uh, management capacity at the time, which really led into... Uh, starting to develop different resources and products. And at the time, AMA then started creating a portfolio and product management team, which really started opening the door to a lot of these different health tech accelerator and incubator relationships, both for internal needs, but also in recognition that we wanted to ensure that physician and patient voices are being represented in all of these emerging and really proliferation of digital health technologies and solutions. So digital health really has been the natural progression for that. And um, there's no shortages of problems to tackle here. There aren't. And, you know, it also speaks to sort of like, you know, how do how you came into this because your degree, you've got a communications degree, you've got an MBA. So digital health and tech is not necessarily the key area where you focus on, at least during your years of education. But now you're a sought after speaker. You are very prolific in terms of research and writing in this area. So as you think about how you fallen into these things, would you, would you say that you are pursuing this because of the domain or it's more the personal professional opportunity or something different? I think it's a mix of all of the above, right? But I definitely would say I'm attracted to kind of big, hairy problems, right? Both uh, professionally and personally. And I say that personally, just because my husband and I take on a number of remodeling projects and I see some similar analogs, right? To even digital health and, and healthcare in general uh, that I can touch on. But I would say, you know, digital health to me, it's just, there's no shortage of problems to solve, like I was saying. And I have really an affinity for that. I'd say my strengths are I would say in really helping to make connections and connecting of dots and recognizing that collaboration is essential to be able to start to chip away at a lot of the issues um, that are currently being experienced in today's market. And that there's no shortage of innovators out there looking to attempt to chip away at these, but a lot of times the bridges between these two worlds have not been connected. And to me, an exciting part of this job is being able to help to make those connection points, help to actually bridge different stakeholder groups that historically have really just been separated in the past. 
So that's kind of interesting because in terms of doing what you do and you do it really well, you know, it's the connection points that you've gravitated to, but you're in a domain where you also have to have a certain level of expertise. And, you know, a common thing that women talk about is just the confidence that they feel in the subject matter. There's no shortage of big, important men who work in the digital health space, um, who work here. How do you hang with them? How confident are you in your expertise? Where's that coming from? Yeah, I think it comes from doing the work, right? And I think that's something that has taken time to come into. And, you know, I think it's it's something that in even reflecting in my career to date, you know, don't underestimate your ideas. Don't under, underestimate your voice. Don't underestimate that if you have a question about something being discussed, likely most in the group do too. And the group is waiting for someone to ask. So I think I can bring a, a sense of common sense of just attempting to, or how I try to approach it is from a sense of how do we think through this, like from a both strategic lens, but also from a common sense lens. And, you know, I think with that, you obviously have to have expertise of doing the research, being able to point to literature, being able to point to qualitative perspectives that are collected but also to think through, well, how can we tackle this? And what are some blue sky ideas? And who are the right players that have to be at the table if we are going to start to, you know, think through ways for a better solution for a better tomorrow, which we all know we need in healthcare. Well, that's a lot of confidence that you're talking about, you know, and you're speaking from a place of confidence. Have you always been confident in these conversations? Well, I think, you know, like I said, it's it's been a, a progression, right? And I think I feel extremely lucky that I grew up with a mom who blared Helen Reddy nearly every single day, which, you know, helps. But um, at the same time, no, it's, it's something that you have to, I, I feel I had to feel confident in my own skin. And to do so, you have to take the steps, do the work, learn repeat, 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 right? And then I think with that comes the confidence to make sure your voice is included and that there's a seat at the table and that women in general, I think historically and still today, you know, I think at times myself, speaking for myself, there's a sense of you feel grateful for an opportunity. And with that, you don't necessarily sometimes feel that you want to ask for more or ask for more, right? Or push the envelope or that can be perceived a different way. And I think that is something that you realize once you start peeling back the onion that that's needed more than ever right now. And that different diverse perspectives, um, not only from a gender perspective, but from a, a racial and just um, different populations need to be represented and their voices heard for better technologies, better solutions, just overall in healthcare. Well, I agree with that. And I also, um, I know what you're talking about in terms of um, when you get the opportunity, feeling grateful for it and not necessarily um, pushing and feeling that you earned it and it should have been given to, given to you. And that's a common thing that women struggle with. So let's just dig into that just a bit more. So have you had situations where you pushed for something next more for yourself? What was it? What did it look like? How did you do it? Have there been times where you should have done that and you just didn't, you're waiting for it to be given to you. Just get, you know, give some examples of how you've handled that. 
Yeah, I think my entire career has been a mix of push and pull. I think earlier on in my career, it was more sit back and wait, right? And I think it's been distilled in me that you do the work, right? And that good things will come from that and that you have to follow your gut and be coming at your career, coming at anything that you're passionate about from an authentic lens. That said, when the results aren't coming from that, that you, it's on you. No one's going to ask on your behalf, right? To speak up, to know your own value, know your own worth, know your own work ethic, to be able to advocate for yourself, right? And to make sure that your career progression is, is being led by you. And if those opportunities aren't presented, then those are decisions that need to be made to be either keep going and wait, which isn't necessarily, in my opinion, the best approach always, or to redirect and pivot and think through if there are different opportunities, either internally or potentially externally that you have to think about. In my own career, I had three director roles prior to my latest vice president role at the AMA. And Prior to my first director role at the AMA, I was at the, a crossroads in, in my own career because I had actually started a small uh, startup through the built in Chicago and 1871 community in Chicago. And I was strongly thinking about just going that direction and had an opportunity actually to be an executive director for a local uh, accelerator program here in Chicago. I, I made the decision to stay at AMA and it was ironic because I ended up back at the Merchandise Mart nearly every day helping to get our <laughs> partnership with Matter, which is located in the Merchandise Mart up and off the ground. But, you know, I, I reflect on that because that was a moment in time where I think about just where different paths would have taken it. But I do think if you're coming at your career from an authentic lens, your past most likely, right, just in, with my example there, end up leading you down a similar lane, just based on your strengths, based on your, you know, interest areas. So to me, that's what, you know, I continue to come back to and have perspective on is if I feel passionate about the work that I'm doing, I'm, I'm most likely in the right place, which I definitely do right now. Well, you're also always pursuing. And I think that, you know, many accomplished women are always thinking about, you know, where am I right now and what's what's next? And so those mm -hmm. moments in time where you do deep inter, um, introspection on, is this the right place? And you come back to, yes, it is, or it's not, um, you pursue, they're very, very helpful. And so I think that's just a really terrific point. Uh, a lot of women that I speak with, they, uh, they spend a lot of time worrying about those big decisions and I find that to be just um, very healthy introspection um, to, you know, helping your own career progression. Meg, I want to come back to the confidence thing, because that is just, you know, uh, women I speak to, that is almost the number one thing that people, you know, they worry about. And you are just exuding that the confidence and sounds like in the tables that you sit at, this is something that's really important to you. I've been reading a lot lately about the imposter syndrome. We've got a new book coming out from Amy Cuddy, you know, in this sort of fake it till you make it, you know, genre. How, how much of what you're doing, that confidence is coming because you um, truly have it or are you faking it till you make it? What's going on there? Well, I, I certainly hope that it's not, you know, faking till I make it, but <laughs> I, I definitely, um, 
You know, I, I understand that concept. And actually there was a HBR article on this, I think just this past week, which was interesting and, and saying that, you know, even continuing to talk about imposter syndrome is kind of contributing to this issue in ways, right? In one hand, you need I'm to sorry. talk about it. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I think it's, it's, it's really an important topic right now, because I think on one hand, like you have to talk about it. And I think that it's not just women, it's, you know, you hear about this too. And from a diversity standpoint, from, um, you know, men as well, like, I think definitely, you know, feel this, especially in different circles, but it's something that needs to get talked about. It's, it's just, it's interesting because I think that this just gets back to some of the original questions about just coming into your own skin and knowing your own value and your own worth. And again, the authenticity that is, is needed to be in parallel with confidence, right? That you have to feel that the work that you're doing um, is compelling and that you have a, a strong passion and desire to make change. And I think for me, that's just essential to getting me up every single day. And, you know, the the days are long, the years are short mentality, right? Of like looking back even on 12 years here, it feels like it's it's flown by. But um when I think about kind of the the different pass slash journey stops along the progression, it's it's just very interesting to see from point A to to right now, I feel like I'm just like right in the thick of it. And um, that there's just so much more to do. So I, that doesn't necessarily get specifically at the imposter syndrome question, but I think what it does get at is having a passion for what your work is, coming from an authentic place for it, doing the work, right? And that natural like confidence comes from knowing the work that you're doing, having put in <laughs> the effort, right? And having the insights to be able to know your own expertise on a certain topic or subject matter expert. I will tell you that I think that, you know, the majority, overwhelming majority, if not the entire, um, you know, 100% of accomplished women like yourself, um, putting in the work is just a given. Yeah, you have mm -hmm. to put in the work. So I think what you're telling us, Meg, is you're not, you're not faking it, you're making it. And that's really, really, that's great to hear. I mean, it really is great to hear. And you're talking about where you are in your career journey. You're doing important work. Are you thinking about what's next? So you're in a, you're in a strong place, doing important things. Do you think about the future? Do you have a next place of, of accomplishment or are you just focused on what you're working on right now? How do you, how do you think about things? Well, and, and this is where, you know, you, you've got a plan, right? But at the same time, especially with like this past year with COVID, it's best laid plans. Um, so I'd say no one in healthcare, no one in digital health should ever be satisfied with the current state. So there's just always more to do. There's like endless amounts of problems to tackle and to think through it from a comprehensive lens and the right players that need to be at the, at the table to be able to tackle like big, hairy, audacious goals. So to me, that keeps me very, very energized. And I think relationships matter. And I think that even the relationships and like inspiration that I draw on from the colleagues I get to work at across the AMA and with external like counterparts from all across the industry, you know, really keeps me inspired, keeps me wanting to, to keep the train moving towards progress. 
so I'd say that is what gets me up, gets me going, keeps me uh, on a kind of path to progression in, in my career. I'd say how that relates to title, how that relates to what's next from like a, a ladder perspective. I, I honestly can say, I don't necessarily think about it as much from that lens, good or bad. I think honestly, it's more about the, am I energized and passionate about the work that I'm doing right now? Of course, I think, especially for women, I participated in a session like years back where there was just such startling statistics about the small percentage of women who ask for promotions or ask for what they want in their career, which hit me pretty hard on, you know, again, reflecting, making sure that I am advocating for myself and that I am knowing my worth in the work that I'm doing. So of course, bring that lens to the table, but more than anything, want to make sure that I feel like I'm helping to make a difference and that I'm helping to make the right connections um, and helping to really be inspired by the colleagues that I'm surrounded by. And it also sounds like impact matters. So the, the work needs to continue to energize you. And that sounds like it needs to be making a difference. So let's, let's talk a little bit more and then we'll close out um, on inspiring. And, you know, in terms of the mentors, mentors are just typically pretty important to accomplished women like yourself. Um, have you had mentors? You mentioned your mom. Have there been others? How did, how did that help you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my my mom, 100%, my mom unfortunately passed away about five years ago, but it's been interesting to think back how much she really has made me the person that I am, like most moms do. But I think I took for granted the fact that I've had a mom my entire life saying to me, you can do anything you want. And not like in a in a cheesy way, but more in a, if you do the work, you can do anything you want, right? And I think that is not something everyone has. And that really has made me who I am. My grandma too raised seven children and had my grandpa pass away when he was in his early forties. So when I'm having a bad day and I think about, you know, the sacrifices that she has made to raise six strong women and one strong son and a slew of grandchildren, many who are women, you know, again, keeps me inspired for sure. And also makes me think, hmm, what am I, what am I complaining about? Right. But again, that balance of knowing your worth and making sure you're speaking up for yourself, but also having a sense of uh, gratitude for, for where you're at. I'd say professionally, you know, no shortage of mentors as well. I mean, Lori, you for sure, your drive and passion for your work is 100% contagious and you are always extremely generous with your time. And even the fact that you're doing this podcast, I think speaks volumes. I think Dr. Modina Wilson, Julie Gill, Denise Haggerty, who's our CFO, um, all have had an, an impact on my career. I think the work Dr. Aletha Maybank in our Center for Health Equity right now, I'm inspired by that daily, really. I mean, the the expertise, the, again, collaborations, and really more than anything, the amplification of the needs right now for health equity in healthcare um, is absolutely essential. And then last but not least, I mean, I've been extremely lucky to have amazing male mentors as well. So Dr. Michael Hodgkins, I mean, Michael Tuddy, who I work for right now, who's our group vice president of uh, physician satisfaction and practice sustainability, all have made impacts on my career and 
again, I feel grateful that the mentors have also often been managers in my life or people that I have been able to have a very close working relationship with. And at the same time, there are others that I've learned more so by observing the way that they've approached their careers, where they likely don't even know that they've been mentors to me. But again, their leadership by example has really meant a lot. Well, those things really matter. You know, and Meg, I'm really sorry about your mom. I mean, but the number again of inspiring women that I know, like yourself, that they come from family support and strong um, mothers, it is a a often theme. And uh, I'm sure it's really difficult, you know, to have that loss, but that's also a long list of um, additional folks that are there. I'm glad to be included in the list, of course, but there are many, many people there, but you are inspiring and I am inspired by you, Meg. And so as we close out today, um, I just, you know, what is your advice for younger women who are starting out in their careers that you just like to give them some advice? Uh, Yeah, I would say it's, you know, it's hard to think about this without, again, having it come off like a a, a cheesy eagle soaring in the sky poster. Yeah, but don't, in, don't be cheesy. Yeah. Give some real advice. But really, advice. it's follow your gut and have authenticity about what you're doing. And I think that's hard to steer you in the wrong direction, right? And that can also often be difficult, like conversations with yourself. Um, but, you know, again, that's often not going to lead you astray if you really, you know, keep coming back to that. I think have perspective. It, you can often get really sucked in to, Um, work and that's both good and bad, but you also have to continue to come back to, you know, what motivates you, what your family, your friends, et cetera, and other passions to help balance out your creativity and what makes you different or sets you apart in your career. And, you know, I, I like a quote that actually came from Meryl Streep, but she says, you know, what makes you different or weird, that's your strength. And I, I do think that is really important to keep in mind that authenticity, that little voice in your gut that tells you like, "Hmm, I I feel like I'm doing my best work, being my best self in this situation, Um, keeping yourself grounded in that is incredibly important. I think that is great advice, and I'm really glad that you shared it with everyone. Meg, this has been a great conversation. I really appreciate you taking the time to speak um, to us on Inspiring Women, and you can find more Inspiring Women talks like with Meg Barron, Vice President at the American Medical Association, on the Inspiring Women website. Meg, where can people find you? On LinkedIn is probably best. So it's just uh, Meg, B-A-R-R-O-N on LinkedIn and look forward to connecting. Meg, it's been great talking with you today. Thank you so much. Thanks, Lori. This has been an episode of Inspiring Women with Lori McGraw. Please subscribe, rate, and review. We are produced by Kate Cruz at Executive Podcast Solutions. More episodes can be found on inspiringwomen.show. I am Lori McGraw, and thank you for listening.